Let's Connect podcast series is brought to you by Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome. I'm Karen Cole, Editor-in-Chief of Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome everyone to today's Connect series. I am Karen Cole, joined today by Marissa de Fonseca-Valheim and really excited to have her as part of this podcast today. And we're going to be discussing something that's maybe a little bit off the beaten track from a, I suppose, a more professional perspective, but yet holds so much weight as we move forward into these really uncertain times at this point in in time and just where we are with with the pandemic and and where we're moving into. Um, Marissa wrote an article recently that's been published through Life Online that is really titled, you know, self-awareness, taking that journey within. I'm really pleased to have her with us today and especially from her perspective, just explaining to us, you know, not only what true self-awareness means, but also around how that can guide you in this world of uncertainty, really connect us to our, our vulnerability, but also use our, our knowledge of self to really direct us, especially in uncertain times. So welcome, Marissa, really pleased to have you here today. Thank you, Karen. It's an honor for me to be here. So thank you for this opportunity to share my passion and experience with you. Fantastic. So Marissa, why don't you just just begin with introducing uh, yourself to us and and our guests and just explaining a little bit about your background and essentially what qualifies you to talk about self-awareness? Thank you, Karen. Um, Yes, I would do that with greatness. Um, I, I started working at hospice many, many years ago, um, about more than 30 years ago. And I was blessed to to do the training with Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross of Life, Death and Transition. And I developed training courses for the hospice staff and caregivers and volunteers. Um, and I created training about self-awareness and basic counseling and communication and life skills. And I've walked many a path with people facing death, dying and grief. And every patient and family I've walked with has really armed me and equipped me with knowledge and experience to understand that process so well. And I, what the one thing I realized in caring for the dying is that we do not have to wait till we die before we actually ask ourselves, who is self? Who, who am I? What makes me do this? And understanding self. So self-awareness became a beautiful journey for me personally. And it's something that I've accompanied many people on helping them facilitate that journey within themselves, understanding themselves as a whole person, not meaning a perfect whole, but meaning made up of different parts, namely body, mind, emotion and spirit. Fantastic. And I see in your article, you've really referenced, you know, that 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 four quadrant um, model of being whole. Could you speak a little bit about each of those components in that? Definitely. I think when we talk about self-awareness, the word says what it means, becoming aware of self. But then I guess that 
asks the next question about, well, who is self? Because we come to realize that we are more than the image we see in the mirror. So we have to go within and we recognize, yes, we all have a physical body, but we also have a mental body. And within the mind, we hold thoughts, we hold beliefs, attitudes, perceptions about ourselves, about life. And those, again, have an impact on the choices and behaviors we follow in our life. Then we have an emotional body. And I always say that the emotional body is like from the day that we're born, it's like we already have a filing drawer with all the files of any emotion you could think of already ready. And as life happens, we start filing whatever feeling has come up. When we experience major events in our life, be it good or bad, be it loss or death, we obviously some files become much fuller faster. And if we are not aware, some of those files become so fat that they start controlling the whole draw. They determine what comes in and what can go out. And so we start losing ourselves if we don't have that emotional self-awareness. So that's the emotional quadrant. Then there is a spiritual quadrant where we acknowledge that each one of us has a spirit and a soul. And it is something that we are born with. Um, it's not something that you discover in a church or something you only meet up when you die. Your soul and your spirit is part of your journey all the time and actually is the part of you that can never die. And so it is so important that the sooner the better we develop a relationship with our own spirit because it is the part of us that actually drives who we are and what we achieve in our life. And so finding the perfect balance between those four quadrants is what wellness is in my perception, it is what what constant self-awareness is about is maintaining the balance between the quadrants because each one of them is as important as the other. Fantastic. And that's a lovely description. And I think, you know, the concept of, of finding balance in our lives is, is something that has certainly come to the fore and something that will continue to play out. And I think from just from a values perspective, you know, I think lockdown was was hugely beneficial across the globe because it really gave people a lot of time to to sit back and reflect about what they truly want out of life and those experiences, you know, be it, you know, people went through massive transitions, if it was in career or the way they suddenly had to, you know, find that inner strength within themselves to cope with all of these demands. So I think that was a, it was a, a almost a, a gift or a, a blessing in disguise, kind of this period that we've been through. But tell me, when it comes to balance, is there like a, 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 a particular formula that we should be striving for or does that balance, you know, look different for everyone? Is it more emergent based on you? Interesting question, Karen. I think that before we become really self-aware, um, our lines between the quadrants swing quite a lot. But for some of us, from a very young age, we experience trauma, maybe rejection, maybe abuse of some form, 
or we experience great losses from a very young age. And so we grow up with those lines already out of balance. And so we allow our thoughts, our perceptions, our feelings, our attitudes or past events to start controlling us. And so in the process of that, we lose ourselves. And sometimes it only comes later that we that we stop and saying enough already. Why do I keep on attracting the same pattern of things in my life? And that is only when we become aware. And you find that awareness is when we actually stop playing the role and step out and we look back in and we observe ourselves. And it's only when we can observe ourselves that self-awareness really starts. And when we can observe ourselves without judgment or criticizing, but rather understanding, because the key is understanding. We have to understand why we have become the way we have become, rather than just labeling and defining ourselves because of a past event or what someone else did or what we experienced. So um, that balance is different for each one, although we try and, and make sure that each quadrant has equal time, equal space, equal attention. Fantastic. And where would somebody start? Because I'm I'm thinking, you know, it, it's kind of that sense of being out of balance that would start driving somebody to to want to take this journey within, to start finding, you know, who who is this self and, and how do I express that self within these, you know, within this whole, who, you know, how do I become more of a whole person or strive towards wholeness? Where does that journey typically start? Where does one start examining that? Does it have to be, you know, kind of, uh, sparked by a crisis because I know a lot of people when you know when something big happens in their life that center that usually sparks that that moment or that that start of their their journey within but does it does it have to start with crisis can it just be you know almost an uncomfortability or is you know how do we how do we start taking those first steps Absolutely. I think that you're right. Often loss or trauma um, triggers us to question and to explore what is going on. However, it becomes, it's a personal choice. It's a personal choice of saying, I need to get to know myself. And if we look back far back in history, in scriptures, in philosophies, Often philosophies start with man know thyself. So it is an ancient um, of, of getting people to know themselves. So, of course, we can make that personal choice at any time to say, who am I? Why do I have this perception about myself or my parents or my life or God? What is this attitude that I have? Why am I controlled by anger? Why am I controlled by fear? So that personal inner questioning leads us to that. And often people start off on a journey of, reading books about self and there are really many books out there that have been written to guide people on that journey some people start by attending life coaching or counseling i developed a self-awareness course many years ago through hospice and it's a beautiful journey which i partially took stuff that i experienced from dr elizabeth kubler ross 
and many other of my experiences and inspiration. And it really is normally run over a weekend where we allow people to come in, we create a very safe space, and we start sharing theory for them to understand. Because sometimes the greatest journey is between our heads and our hearts. Our heads are so much in being in control that it does not want to allow emotions to come forward. So we share theory that normalizes and explains so that the mind can relax and allow space for emotions to come up. And we use art, we use poem, we, poems, we use music, and we use expression um, to really understand the core of our being. And then, of course, life skills is very important. There are certain realities in life that we all are faced with and we have to live with, yet those skills are never taught like understanding loss and how it affects us, like the dysfunctional system and how I play a role in that dysfunctional system, the power of attitude, et cetera, et cetera. So that is also a journey. One can do it on a one-on-one -on -one basis. One can do it within a group setting. So the journeys within are many. Fantastic. And I remember I was um, really lucky enough to to be able to attend one of your self-awareness courses. And this was quite some time ago. But, you know, there's there's two most valuable things that have have stuck with me. The first one is, you know, sometimes we are so unaware of the patterns in our life. And that is, you know, why a tool like a self-awareness workshop or even just something as simple as regular journey journaling can really help you to start understanding and perceiving those patterns. And I remember way back when, I'm, I'm sure your course has been revamped since then, but way back when I did your course, there was a, a poem that you that you included. Um, I think it was by uh, Portia, Portia Nelson, uh, titled, I Walk Down the Street. And this poem was about this woman who walks down the street and keeps falling in the same hole until eventually she starts to be able to to recognize the hole and she still falls in and you know only eventually is she able to then walk around the hole and that has really stuck with me uh, you know throughout the past uh, you know over 20 years now in terms of just just recognizing the same holes we kind of fall in and you know even though you sometimes have that awareness you still take that step and still fall in but it's only through really consciously paying attention that you learn to walk around that hole and it's not it's not always easy is it absolutely it isn't easy and it, and many of it is we are we are guided by us an unconscious uh, belief system um that that actually controls our choices and behaviors until we realizing, wait a minute, it's almost like I'm in automatic as if I don't have a, a say in my life, as if I don't have a choice. And it is at those moments that we, we get to get out of the dot on the paper and saying, wait a minute, I'm not the dot, I'm the page. But when mm. we live in the black dot on the page, it is very limited and we forget that we have choices. And so often we get stuck there. But often that stuckness is also part of a, a spiritual um, unfinished business that we, our souls have an agenda to say, you know what, we have to conquer this thing. And no matter how we try and avoid it, 
our soul happens to always bring that back into our life because it's something we have to own about ourselves. And so self-awareness includes that spiritual uh, subconscious journey as well. And, and it really makes us aware of the patterns that we do have in our life. Um, and by understanding oneself, one can allow oneself to have a choice and different options. And we can learn to release those those things. And that's where, as you said, the journaling is is a wonderful way, writing letters to, to people and things in our past, um, doing counseling about it, releasing certain emotions. Those all become tools in the self-awareness journey. Absolutely. And something so powerful in, in you know, the message that you're giving in there is this isn't a journey of judgment. And I think a lot of people are, are often scared to embark on this because I, I think, you know, immediately we think it's the outside judgment that's going to, to come in, but it's almost that inner critic that I think that terrifies terrifies people more than necessarily the external judgment but this is essentially it's a journey where you have to release that judgment you you are where you are and that speaks so much to the need to to learn to be vulnerable and to learn to to be less critical and more accepting of who we are and the path that we've traveled and and the points at where we are Absolutely, Karen. I think you cannot go on this journey if you are still blaming or criticizing yourself. Um, so we have to come to a place where we can be willing to suspend our own criticism and really have empathy and deep understanding for ourselves and the age of ourselves. So many of our patterns and beliefs and perceptions we adopted when we were very young and we didn't have the intellectual understanding of life, but we felt it all. And so the mind then runs into survival mode because it needs to, to validate where all these feelings are coming from. And so we grow up feeling ashamed of who we are because we believe that we're not good enough because that is how we experience the messages that was coming from life. So one cannot go on this journey if we are still in that criticizing thing. But self-awareness journey, if it is facilitated correctly, we as facilitators know how to accommodate that critic mind for it to see the pain of the wound that that young inner child is still holding on to. Because within us all, there are unmet needs that we experienced that we had to walk away from because we our minds could not give us the answers. But those wounds stay vulnerable. And it's only when we allow ourselves that vulnerability, where we allow ourselves to be really brutally honest with ourselves about what we are feeling, what we are needing, that we can allow that healing and that metamorphosis to start happening. Absolutely. And, it, you know, that brings me to the second most impactful uh, message on your course that I've always carried with me. And it is about being being vulnerable and, and really just showing ourselves cracks and all to to people and you know in a safe in a safe space or in a safe way and there was an analogy you used around a, a crystal vase that had been cracked and typically what people do is they don't let anybody touch it because they're so scared it's going to break 
But if we can trust people with that, you know, be more vulnerable and, and trust people that they're not going to, to damage this. It is about being really honest about saying, you know, here is this vase, it's got this crack, please be gentle with it. And just that process of, of being able to ask just, just sums up kind of the whole journey you have to be on to get to that point to trust somebody with that. And then also the, you know, the, the kindness and the caring that needs to come through from other people in order for you to be able to to put yourself or this vase with that's got this crack on it on display and allow it to be handled again. Absolutely. That vulnerability allows us to become authentic. It allows us to connect to our deep innocence and our deepest, deepest wounds. And as you've said, if one does this in a safe space, safety is very important. Um, it's You're not going to go around and show everyone your vulnerability, your wound, your crack, your your, your, your pain, but in a contracted space where one contracts for safety, for openness, for honesty, for all those things, it becomes a beautiful place to discover that it is the wound where the light comes through, as Rumi always says in his beautiful saying. And so vulnerability is the start. And that's why often... People start a journey of self-awareness when, when grief or loss has opened that vulnerability. And that vulnerability is almost like an invitation to discover what is really go going on inside. And that's why on the journey of self-awareness, it is so important once we understand ourselves, once we have emptied out some of the files of anger and hurt and betrayal, and we've released that, and our mind has been given the knowledge to understand the process, then it is so important to start to know how to create a care plan for self. Because what we realize is that we hold wounds physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and we cannot become whole if we just focus on our bodies and go to the gym and eat correctly. But on the inside, we have perceptions and attitudes that sabotage our greatness, that we've closed the door on our spirit. So we have to acknowledge that there are wounds on all those quadrants and that care and healing has to happen physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And what we have to do is, I always say is almost we have to step back into our lives and we have to become the CEO of ourselves. And we have to sit around this boardroom with these partners, body, mind, emotion, and spirit. And we have to acknowledge, guys, I've, I've slipped away. I, I got off this bus and I've allowed you to run the bus and things are out of control. I'm back. I want to get to know what's happening. And so we have to have this this, this relationship with our body, with our mind, our emotion, our spirit. And we have to, as CEO, we have to facilitate the journey for ourselves. And that is a journey we can do on ourselves with regular input from a coach or a counselor or a mentor or whatever journey it is we choose. But that vulnerability is, is the start of really going inside. And in my own journey, I've discovered it that you have to embrace your emptiness to experience your wholeness. 
You cannot be whole and not go to that place where the wound is. That is impossible. Um, and in that emptiness is where we discover our soul and our spirit and our wholeness. And we actually start valuing the pain and the wounds that have happened in our life because we get to see that that has actually given us our whole life. Oh, Marissa, that is is so powerful and and really speaks to to my heart and the the kind of healing that you know I know people are just so capable of and you know it's it's so powerful for me just to be able to you know just watch people on this journey and just discover themselves and just what they're what they're able to do and it it really is such a such a beautiful and powerful journey and process to to go through and walk through and you know I'm really excited that we'll be having a a webinar with you soon and that will you know give people an, an opportunity to really interact with you and engage with you and of course really looking forward to uh, to your upcoming uh, workshops as well. Both of those details of that are on the site, so please go in and check them out. But such a fantastic journey and so glad to have um, had this time with you today. And thank you very much. I'm not sure if there's any message that you have to close out uh, before we say goodbye. Well, Karen, I can't tell you how, as you said, the excitement to take people on this journey of themselves you are your greatest cause. Um, and if you can adopt that and really discover that investment within yourself will open every door, will, will allow every dream you have to manifest in your life. So there is nothing to lose to getting to know yourself and to love yourself back into life. So I always, I love, and that's why I have a passion for my work because to see it's almost like introducing people to a, a, a lost twin that they never knew they had and to see that relationship develop and to see how people then start growing and maturing and becoming great is, is a wonderful, wonderful experience. And I, I look forward to sharing and, and, and making this journey available for, for many people. So thank you so much for letting me be here and to share and to invite and entice people to say, you are worth going within for. Fantastic. Thank you, Marissa. Bye -bye. Thank you, Karen. I look forward to speaking to you soon.